And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What's happening, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I am your host, Raider Hart, and back again to talk about some new recent Raider hires once again. Raiders hiring, finally hiring a defensive coordinator. Uh, Raspy Raider and I are going to talk about the Raiders' recent surprising acquisition of former Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. And the Raiders also made another sneaky good hire, I think, in the front office, hiring assistant GM of the Chicago Bears, Champ Kelly, adding him to the Raiders front office. We're also going to briefly go over that. I'm going to tell you guys why I think that was a really good hire, maybe a better decision um, for some other reasons than some of you guys are are really considering. And uh, we have an extended version of Ask Raspy, guys. It's, It's been a few weeks now since the end of the playoff run but it's time to run that back again. We've had a lot of good questions sitting in the queue there waiting to be asked on air and the time is right. So we're going to have a extended version of ask raspy here as well. But before we get to any of that guys, just a quick reminder that you can find us on social media. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at uh, silver underscore hack. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn. And uh, if you just want to chill and, and listen to the show, if you one of those uh, types that like to listen to the podcast, kick back and enjoy the content, you can find us on just about all the major podcast platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Pods, Google Pods, uh, and uh, the list actually goes on from there, guys. So you can find us on any of those platforms and keep your notifications on throughout the offseason so you don't miss any new content as it drops because it will be dropping and uh, without any further ado, let's bring on Raspy Raider. And uh, Raspy was a real surprise here with some of these hires, man. The, the offseason of good Raider coaching and, and front office hires seems to be rolling on. Man, indeed it does. What is up, Nation? It's in full effect right now, right now, man. These guys are getting things done. Um, I didn't even think Patrick Graham was an option. I, Art and I talked about it. I mean, Brian Dable in his press conference was like singing his praises as far as him remaining in New York to be there. Coming back. It was crazy, man. And then all of a sudden it's like, what? So, hey, man, you got to love some of the – you know, power moves that are being made right now, man. And I think it, it starts with Ziegler and it starts with McDaniels. You know, obviously, Mark put these guys in in uh, in these positions for a reason, and it seems like it's already paying dividends, man. I'm impressed. I'm impressed as well, man. You can see the vision with Ziegler, with McDaniels. You know, we'll see if it's going to work. I feel good about it so far, but they're clearly – trying to recreate some semblance of the Patriot way in, in the desert in uh, Vegas, I guess Patriots West is what they're trying to, <laughs> they're trying to recreate over there, which wouldn't be a bad thing if it works out. Certainly. Um, hey, if you're going to emulate a team, <laughs> what better team to emulate than one who's held it down for the last 20 years. So. Absolutely true. A lot of people, a lot of assistants have tried to emulate and, and spread the Patriot way. It hasn't been, as effective as it could be, but I think that this group right now is setting itself up a lot better than a lot of these other assistants have in the past. And the trend continues, guys, with with the the hiring of former Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. This was a shock because you know, as Raspy just said, I mean, Dable said he was coming back. I mean, he he said in the press conference that he's going to be coming back, and. You know, they allowed him to take that interview after they decided to change head coaches. They allowed him to take one interview with the the Pittsburgh Steelers to talk about their defensive coordinator situation. 
and that opened the door, I guess, once by, by rule, once they allowed him to take that one interview. Because if you look at it from the Giants' perspective, they had just moved on from their coaching staff and didn't know with the next coach, who the next coach is going to be at that point and whether or not they were going to be bringing in a whole different staff or whatever. So they couldn't really hold him to the job as much as they wanted him there. So they had to grant him the interview. Well, once you grant him one interview, I guess you have to extend the, the full interview process to the guy. You can't, you can't really tap it at the one interview and say, okay, that's enough. Now we want you back now. So long story short, McDaniels puts in the call. They have a history with the Patriots and I guess the interview must have been a, a grand slam because Josh McDaniels was able to lure Patrick Graham away from the Giants. And Raspy, I did a little digging on this, some of the details that was behind this, uh, this move by Graham. One thing that really stood out to me, man, that, that really impresses me is one of the things that made him want to go to the Raiders. And this is something that I would have thought would have scared a lot of other guys away he specifically wanted to go to the Raiders so he could defend Herbert and Mahomes, put them in check so he could boost his head coaching prospects. Uh, that, that really impressed me. What do, you, what do you have to say about that, that type of mentality coming in here to the West? Four-letter word. Damn. <laughs> you ain't going to look around the league and see many guys that want to go want to go deal with that twice a year on a regular basis, man. I love the confidence, love the swag behind that too. Um, feel like just with some of the homework I've done too, that he's this guy, man, this guy, he is like hybrid in so many different ways, man. This guy will bring looks from every different angle. I love that, man. I just think we spoke about it a little bit last week about, you know, this people bearing, you know, bearing down on the three, four, four, three. Let's, come on, guys. Let's move on. Okay. We're running, we're running nickel and, and six DB sets and dimes and, you know, those are base. It's been but a nickel guy, for the last decade already. This guy will bring it from all angles and in so many ways. And I just, doing a little bit of digging into him because I, I ain't going to lie, I was late to the party. I didn't even think this was an option. So, yeah, I, man, I love it, man. The guy brings some some serious juice, man. He he likes to blitz. I read a tweet from him saying, "In this in today's league, you have to play man, period." And it's like, man, I love that. You know that that's what's going to allow this def, this defense to ascend, man. Is a guy with that kind of attitude who will stray from tendencies, which really. From what he's shown in the past couple of years, he doesn't have a lot of tendencies. It's, you know, like as much as I love Gus, Gus wouldn't move off of certain tendencies. He was just going to play the defense the way it was drawn up. So I like it, man. I love it. I love the fact that he wants to go and attack these young quarterbacks, you know, not only in our division, but just across the league, but especially in the AFC because there's a lot of them, man. And it's not going to stop. They're going to keep coming. So, we need a guy that can be able to take us to that next level and figuring out ways to stop these kind of guys. Cause it's just, let's face it, man, Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, these guys aren't going away, dude. They're not going anywhere. So you need a guy that is hungry to go and try to put out a defense that can stop that because how else are you going to win? Well, we have the right guy then because since Graham was with the Giants, or the, or I should say during the time he was with the Giants, he faced 29 quarterbacks. Out of those 29 quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson ranked 22nd and 23rd in passer rating against him. Tom Brady ranked 19th, and all of those guys were held below 6.7 yards per attempt. That's the type of work against top flight quarterbacks that you're looking at. And then, so just, just this last year, I went back and looked against the, against Mahomes. He held Mahomes to 20 points. So this is a guy that has fresh ideas and is willing to do something different. That the whole thing about him not having tendencies is his strength. That's a, that's a strength of the Belichick slash Patriot way. You know, I, I like martial arts a lot and, and I look at him in his, in his scheme and, and I think about, Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee's, you know, the martial art that he 
invented himself, Jeet Kune Do. And the whole point of his martial art was that there was, you know, the whole thing was that it, there was no form. It's, it's whatever it took. It's, he took some from Kung Fu, from Muhammad Ali's boxing, from French kickboxing, from Muay Thai. He took something, the stuff that he liked that worked from just about every style that there is. You know, the whole ESPN 30 for 30 like water, the, 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 the form is, is formless. It can adapt and become that's what that's what Graham wants to be defensively where, you know, you can't, you know, offensive coordinators are studying what we did against the, you know, previous opponents that may not tell them anything about what they're what they're going to be doing against his offense that given Sunday. So the only thing, Raspy, is do you worry about could this could this scheme be a little bit? Are you worried about it maybe being too complex? Is there any potential for that? With some, a lot of young players on this this defensive roster, you know, at, at first of of course you're going to worry about that, you know, because of just some of the youthfulness on this team. But man, we talked about it, you know, onto the side as well too. He's he runs a lot of he'll run cover one, he'll run cover three. He he is such a he has that amoeba effect to him, where I think that the transition will be smoother than you might think. And I think that some of these young studs along with some of these pillars, you know, our, our bookends, rushing the passer, some of the things we have in place is possibly a lot of the reason why he decided to come here, man, along with, some, you know, the higher-ups and where the vision of this franchise is going. But ultimately he has to look at the players and who he's going to be coaching. And you've got some young talent out there that can do a lot for you. And if this guy can – can kind of flex some of those cover one, cover three schemes into some of these more hybrid, you know, style defenses and moving guys around and putting guys in positions to succeed. I, I think it'll be all right, man. If it were anybody else and they were coming in here with just some standard just textbook system, you know, we're running cover two. I think that could throw these guys off in a big, big way. I think with the mind he has and what he has shown – Man, you got to realize, man, he didn't have a lot in New York, man. Outside of Leonard Williams and Bradbury, man, there wasn't a lot of talent on that defense. Dude, they had they had four players that were starting on that defense that had a below 50 PFF grade for the season. He didn't, you know, Leonard Leonard Williams had he led the he led their team with 43 pressures. Ozolari was pretty good as a rookie too off the edge. He wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm just saying as far as pressures are concerned and what this defense had, you know, as far as the Raiders defense, he's probably salivating right now. Like, man, I can get that kind of pressure, you know, and I can instill what I need to do and got to move things around. So I think the transition will be a little bit smoother than maybe a lot of people think because he has just so much, you know, in the box there, you know, as far as in his bag of tricks to be able to pull out and just innovate and to be able to flex a little bit, man. You know, I, that was one of those things, man. We love Gus and you know what? I, I want nothing but the best for Gus and, and Indy. I'm sure he's going to throw them out there. He's going to got a lot of talent there, you know, so he's, he's going to definitely run out of good defense, but you know, here we are, man. You guys know we were pulling for Gus, but we don't make those decisions. But I think this is this a big deal, man. I think what uh, what Graham can bring in here with just the ability to, I don't know, open things up maybe a little bit and just make things a little more fluid. I'm not worried about it as much as I would be with a guy like maybe Wink Martindale. So. Well, I only asked because that was one of the problems with Gunther and, you know, his overly complex game. But granted, Gunther is a bad teacher. Is You know, he's a good defensive mind, but he's a very – as we found out, he wasn't near the teacher as he was the defensive mind. And his coaching staff was just abysmal. But that's the only reason why I bring that up. And, you know, but I think that that is – Overall, that is the strength of this guy. I mean, he's regarded as one of the brightest defensive minds in the NFL currently. When's the last time the Raiders have had anything like that on the sideline calling the defensive signals? Even a name that was even like in the same breath or even mentioned, even on the outskirts of being one of the best and, and smartest, brightest, most innovative defensive minds in the NFL. I don't know that we've ever seen that in our time 
as Raider fans rasping, we go back to the Bo Jackson era and, you know, and on that same front, you know, when's the last time we've had a, a defensive coordinator that had truly had effective opponent specific game plans on defense? Well, and you, know, you show all those other guys, look what he did to Carr, man. He held us to 16 points. He made Carr's life miserable. Right. You know, so I, I love the fact that you're talking about between Carr and Mahomes, he gave up 36 points in those two games. Man, averaging 18 a game, that'll, that'll, get you, that'll get you some wins, bro. So you got to like that. I mean, you just that's that's the type of defensive mind you need to, to navigate the, the the gauntlet of these quarterbacks in the AFC and you know, and we keep mentioning the, the Patriot way just real quick for the, for people that aren't familiar, he started he got his start in the NFL in two thousand and nine with the Patriots as a defensive assistant for Belichick, stayed there until twenty fifteen, coaching the linebackers, coaching the defensive line, and just all around assisting Belichick. Then when Flores gets hired away by the Dolphins in 2019, he brought uh, he brought Graham along with him as his defensive coordinator there. And then the Giants hired quickly hired him away in 2020 in the same position. And obviously he ends up with the Raiders now. But I'm excited about this hire. I, I think that this is again the innovation of the Raiders, the updating of the Raiders, Raspy they didn't just stop in the front office and on the offensive side of the ball with, with McDaniels and obviously what he can bring. They, they went the full, you know, the full mile and got one of the more innovative defensive minds as well. The the Raiders, I have said this before, man, the Raiders should be for the first time. And I don't know how many years, how many decades the Raiders are going to be hard to prepare for, not just hard to play on the field. We've had teams that have been, you know, every once in a while, we've had teams that have been hard to play on the field. This team, you know, made the playoffs 2016. Even the Gruden teams of, you know, the early 2000s that were the best Raider teams of the last 30 years, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say that they were tough to prepare for. They were just uberly talented. Is this – do you agree with what I'm saying here? Do you think that this oh, no, could be I one of the I most think, – I think, I think for sure the Raiders – in Gruden's first run was it was just you had that West Coast offense dialed up to a T. You had and it was just it was just fluid and easy. This is different. I'm totally with you, man. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, and then when you look at the defenses on those early two thousands team, that was Chuck Bresnahan. There was nothing hard to prepare for about no. that at all. And this no, team you knew what that. you were gonna get. You knew what you were gonna get on both sides of the ball. And we were just hoping to outscore you and most times we just did we did just that. So Al Davis simple. didn't Al didn't seem to believe in in that type of football. It, it, he seemed to believe in just having better talent and just lining up and beating people straight up in front of you and just simple execution type type football. And to be fair, that's what won three world rings for this organization back in the day. But I think that as the game has evolved, I think that that, is, that has become a much bigger factor. You look at the teams that, you know, are in the Super Bowl right now. You know, I mean, McVeigh is notoriously hard to prepare for. You know what I'm saying? And the Chiefs, hard. the final four, the Chiefs, hard to prepare for. The Bengals, it speaks for themselves although I think they'd be the easiest out of the four. And Shanahan's teams with the, the Niners are always tough to prepare for. So I think that that's going to go a long way with this Raiders team. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I think uh, we finally have a coach in place that is going to adapt his offense to our quarterback instead of instead of asking our quarterback to adapt himself to his offense, which – Bottom line, man, you Kellen Moore was over there making things as easy as he could for Dak Kingsbury, making everything as easy as he could for Murray. I mean, this is what you do. Read with, with read, read with Mahomes. You know, it's just any you know any good coach is going to make sure offensive coordinator, offensive minded coach, whatever it is, you're going to try to dictate what works good for your quarterback. And I feel like Hart's, you know, alluded to this in the past too, is it's like, it was kind of like, well, this is Gruden's offense, which it made Carr better, 
but he wasn't changing anything to, you know, to help, you know, to push towards car. He was just like, this is my offense. You're the guy to run it. It wasn't like, I'm going to adapt my offense to the way you play ball. So I do think that it's going to make us a lot harder to prepare for, man, because, you know, I just can't wait to see what this looks like, man, because after watching Mac Jones last year, I'm so excited to see what he can do with Carr. And this is coming from a guy who has called for his head, bro. So I get it. I He's going to be here next year. If McDaniels yeah. can do what he has done in the past with these type of quarterbacks that can stand in there and deliver the ball on time, man, get our run game going again. Let Graham take care of the defense and just be innovative as hell on that end. I'm excited to see what happens, man. There's no doubt. So I'm ready, man. Let's do this. I'm excited could, too. I'm, I'm very excited. I do too. And it's even more exciting when the Raiders do something, even another smart move. I, I was going to say it was more smart, but I uh, wouldn't necessarily say more smart than bringing in Patrick Graham. But I think this is a, a very, very shrewd move to strengthen the Raiders front office even more by bringing in former Chicago bear assistant GM champ Kelly into the Raiders organization in a similar role. It looks like with the Raiders, this is another young guy. We talk about, you know, Graham being 43 years old, uh, champ Kelly, right along the same lines, 42 years old, another younger mind started with the Broncos back in 09 was there through 2014 uh, as a, in the pro a pro and college scouting department uh, had a lot to do guys with, getting in there and helping John Elway, you know, uncover some of that talent that was the bedrock of that world championship that they won a year after he left. And then even with the bears, he goes to the bears in 2015 uh, through last season. And the bears always had very, very good uh, talent there. They made the playoffs at least twice there during that run. Uh, he's a favorite of Cleo Mack. You can tell that by anytime you, you know, you, you go on NFL Twitter Mac doesn't hide that at all. Um, I'm I, This guy knows defensive talent, Raspy. And the thing about this that really excites me as much as his credentials speak for themselves, this guy should be just be a GM someplace. We interviewed him in the GM uh, for the GM role and apparently was so impressive that Mark looked around and when he didn't get any of the other GM openings, which there weren't many, he decided, man, can we just kind of make another role for this guy? I don't think we've ever had an assistant GM. That's what excites me the most about it. You know, his qualifications are great. But this, Raspy, I look at this. This gives us two smart NFL minds, two smart player evaluators, NFL decision makers. And that gives us two layers of, of insurance and protection between Mark Davis and having to make any football decisions whatsoever. There's two smart guys now in between. I was, I was, I was happy just with Ziegler. Now you're telling me there's another equally smart qualified young man in there to completely remove Mark Davis from having any sort of influence over the day-to-day -day or long-term for right now, um, football on field uh, operations that really Man, that really that that really satisfies me, man. That really makes me excited because of that fact. Because you know what I feel about Mark a lot of Mark Davis's decisions in the past. Well, no, man, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and, and am I mistaken? Champ Kelly's got some time in the league, doesn't he? Too. Uh, I I know that what's was it, uh, how, long he, how long has he been? How long has he been? In the in in the league, I mean, it's been like what fifteen years or something. As far as he like started in two thousand and nine with the Broncos, yeah, you gotta like that, man. You gotta like that. Just some some veteran leadership too. Just you know, from the player personnel and just evaluation process. And man, I love it, man. I like just like you said. I love the fact that a guy who has you know has been cutting his teeth in the league for fifteen years, you know, at this level, is getting an opportunity to come in there and help a guy like Ziegler, man. Like you said, to be able to kind of <laughs> just put another guy in the way, you know, and I'm not saying that disrespectfully at all. Another really talented guy who can evaluate talent in the way to where 
like you said, you you've got a, a you know a tight group and handful of guys that can tell Mark, hey man, these are the guys we need. These are the guys we need to run the systems that are in place in order for us to succeed. You know, instead of trying to take home run or slash character picks, you know, I want a guy that's got some some clout in the league as far as picking, you know, proper people for proper systems, man. I mean, we've we flat out have made some huge mistakes, man, by letting certain guys go. One who hint hint is a real good friend of Champ Kelly, <laughs> like Hart just alluded to, a guy who should still be on our damn roster, you know, so this is the kind of stuff, man, that, that needs to happen in order for us to succeed. So I love it too, man. I love a guy with some time in the league, man. And uh, that can help Ziegler and McDaniels and these boys succeed. So gotta love it, man. I think that's a very important thing to raspy that I don't think needs to be kind of swept under the rug or kind of like not even swept under the rug, but just sort of overlooked a little bit. We've talked about this before, man. I, when you look at the history of the, the Raiders organization and you go back to the, I always say, the Raiders of our father's era that were winning Super Bowls, competing every single year, leading the league in win percentage for decades. In fact, Raspy, I saw a, a graphic today that speaks to those Raiders. Man, can you believe that the Raiders are still in sixth place in, the, in NFL history in terms of playoff wins, even though we've taken a couple of decades off? I mean, isn't that crazy, man? That just shows how much we used six. to win. More than Denver still, sixth. Crazy. Still the most in the West. And we crazy. took a couple decades off where we literally have had two decades with that one playoff win. But that just goes to show you, we've talked about this before. I think that everybody talks about coaching and, and quarterbacks and everybody has a theory as to why the Raiders' greatness fell off. I've even said lack of pass rush, but we're all right is the thing. What really happened with the Raiders from back then when we were the class of the NFL to where it's fallen off significantly, we lost Ron Wolf. We, we have not been – we've been at the bottom of the league as far as player evaluation. How many decades were we a joke where everybody would just say, okay, who ran the fastest time? That's, he's a Raider. And it was almost yep. always right. Yep. And we just – we pass on quarterbacks. We take the wrong ones other time. We, we reach on Farrell. I mean, this has gone on for years. So to have two guys that can evaluate talent, not just one, one would have been enough for me because we've, we've been so sorely lacking just to have the one. Gruden was our player evaluator the last several years, last three uh, few years. So just to have – and Reggie McKenzie was a little bit better but just was not good enough, you know, with the evaluation. And to have – multiple guys at least two guys that have this type of eye for talent i just think that this is another area where we're going hard opposite of what the raiders and being more self-aware mark must have really looked at the raiders in a way that his dad maybe couldn't have couldn't do himself at times when he maybe needed to as great as he was he's not as great as his dad by any means but i think he took a, a hard look in the mirror even after the playoff win raspy and i think he saw what he didn't want with this team as far as the criminal aspect that was starting to creep up in Vegas, he wanted to stamp that out. But I think he also looked and said, okay, where have we, where have, where have we gone wrong since my dad was on top of the world? And I think he saw player evaluation and the lack of it was there too. So I just think that for all those reasons, this champ Kelly hire is a big deal for the Las Vegas Raiders, man. Could not agree more, man. I mean, it's, it's time where we, you know, it, it's so – I talked about this like a month ago about a pecking order, man. I'm sorry. I know it sounds like super cliche. I can maybe even, you know, barbaric in a sense. But this is the way it is, man. You have to have guys in charge that have jobs to go out there and evaluate talent. Now, there's this is a – huge spider web because there's multiple guys that are going to be out there scouting, helping, but you're hoping you have the right guys in place to put other guys in the right place to go and evaluate and scout this talent, man. Do, do you, th how many teams passed on Max Crosby? I will give Mayock that. This guy is a absolute monster, but there was somebody in the house that saw that and Mayock could say it was him. I don't know. There's so many other pieces involved. But this is where you have to kind of shine here and there, man. There's guys that you can catch. I mean, 
the most obvious one in the world, dude, is <laughs> Brady going the sixth round. I mean, there's just certain things, man. That there's a certain attributes and certain things that these guys are keen to do that Al couldn't do by himself. Mark sure as heck can't do by himself. There is an order, man, and a process. So you have to put the right guys in play to make these things work. So to see that he's doing that and is just showing the self-awareness that, hey, man, today's league is uh, it's fickle. It's crazy. It's analytical. And there are so many moving parts. You better be at the forefront of it. And we have been behind the curve for so long. So to see that we're finally putting guys in place to kind of catch up to the league and maybe even ascend a little bit, man, kudos to Mark, man. Got to give Mark love, man. As quiet as he was last season, man, he's sure making some noise without saying a whole lot lately. He was quiet because he was evidently in some deep thought. And, he is you know, you, know you, you don't go 20 years, Raspy, with zero playoff wins, no AFC West titles during that span and uh, a bottom five win percentage if you're not at the bottom of the league in player evaluation you just you just don't go that stretch if you know what you're doing evaluating talent over over a 20-year stretch so and you really can guys the last word on this before we take a quick break and get to ask Raspy you really can trace the greatness the the end of the greatness of the Raiders was right around 1986 1987 when we lost Ron Wolf to the Packers then look where then look what happened with the Packers resurgence right around that same time the beginning of the Brett Favre's drafted within 5 years of then and then it's been all she wrote ever since then so it's it's very that could have been the Raiders greatness so Great move. Um, hopefully that we're finally righting some of those wrongs and we're back on the right track. But you ready for Ask Raspy after we take a break here? You know I'm always ready for Ask Raspy, baby. Let's get into it. An extended version of Ask Raspy when we come back after this quick break brought to you by Naked CBD Coffee. What's up, nation? Hey, listen, guys, we all know what's going on out there these days. You know, you have the pandemic, you've got the unstable economy, political unrest. It's easy to make an argument that living in today's society is much more stressful than it's been in a long, long time. And I think we're all looking for ways that we can kind of take the edge off. And one of the best ways is is to kick back and relax with Naked CBD's Nano K-Cup CBD infused coffee. That's right, guys. Each pod gives you a single serving of 100% Honduran Arabica bean coffee infused with CBD, creating that perfect synergy between caffeine and cannabinoid, guys. With 10 times, it's worth repeating, 10 times the bioavailability of those other oil-based CBD coffee products out there those lesser brands that we've all seen and naked CBD. They do it all responsibly sourced. So they're doing it the right way as well. I'm so impressed guys. I actually had a cup this morning and I got to tell you, it strikes that perfect balance between having me alert, awake, and also relaxed. It's, it's got me sharp, but it's taken that edge off and it's a very difficult balance. As many of you know, to strike and, you know, don't take my word for it, guys. Go see what all the hype's about. Head on over to NakedCBD.com. Right now, they're having a 40% off sale. So make sure to head on over to, again, NakedCBD.com and tell them Raspy Raider sent you. Welcome back, Raider Nation, to the Silver and Black Hack podcast. I'm your host, Raider Hart, and you're listening to the... Uh, we were talking about Raiders' uh, recent hiring of Patrick Graham from the Giants and the uh, former assistant GM of the Chicago Bears, Champ Kelly. We, we talked about that in the first segment. If anybody, uh, if you want to run that back, but in the second segment here, we're going to have an extended version of Ask Raspy. It's been a while. It's been since I think since the wild card loss. There has been the last time. So. Let's just get right into it, guys. We appreciate the questions. Uh, we added a couple more this week because we've been kind of backlogged. 
Still had a lot of good questions in the queue. We will be running that back. Uh, Ask Raspy will be a feature this offseason, so don't worry about that. Keep the questions coming, guys, on social media. And we're going to start with Klein, at Klein25 on Twitter. And the question is, I'm down with the Graham hire, but guys, why no Vic Fangio? Man, I'm going to jump in there real quick, man, and tell you, if you were living where I was living or watching what I was watching, I'm sorry, man. Big Vangio has a lot of credentials, and I'm not going to hate on that. But, man, you are not going to find a more vanilla dude <laughs> anywhere. I'm sorry, man. I... There was literally times where he straight up said, I wasn't watching what was going on on the offense. In interviews with Denver reporters, not watching what's going on with offense. I get it that you're a defensive guy, but you were the coach. So a guy that can be so unaware of what's going on with the offense because he's so predisposed to, to call defense – Blows my mind. I don't want – I didn't want Vic Vangio. I never pulled for him. I never said a word about him. I didn't want him. I'm sorry, guys. I know he showed you a lot in San Fran. I know he showed you some in Chicago. I get it. But you know what? As far as being just an aware dude and overall with just what is going on with his team, I never seen a coach that was so unaware of what in the hell was transpiring in front of his own face while he was a coach of the Denver Broncos. So at Klein 25, man, I'm not trying to be nasty or rude or anything. I'm just telling you, Go back, listen to some of his stuff in 2021 after losses or even after wins, but especially after losses and some of the ways he responded to the press asking questions about what was going on as far as the offense was concerned. It was like he just left it up to Pat Shermer, who was another vanilla dude who couldn't get anything done either. So the lack of self-awareness – Man, I'll tell you right now, I'll take Patrick Graham over Vic Vangio every single day of the week and 16 times on Sunday. So, sorry. Struck a nerve, man. My bad. <laughs> no way. I'm good. He can go somewhere else. And he might be that Wade Phillips who can be that great defensive coordinator, just not a great coach. Nothing wrong with that. But I just haven't – I just – I just hadn't seen it in Denver because if nothing else, if you were paying that little attention to the offense, well, what are we doing? I mean, you can't have a guy like that. Do you think Sean McVay doesn't think about what's going on with his defense? I'm not saying he's sitting out there trying to change plays, but I can promise you he knows what's going on. And he looked like he had no idea. So I think he's just getting old, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> He can go. He can go coach somewhere else. Uh, yeah, Klein twenty five at Klein twenty five. I disagree with Raspy here. This is one of the times where we do disagree. Uh, we we wouldn't be bringing him in as a as a head coach here. I I really don't care what he did I as a head coach in Denver. Personally, um, you know the fact that he didn't. For me, honestly, it's crazy how two people that know each other so well and have been such good friends could look at the same thing and know such football and the Raiders like we do can look at the same thing and, and read totally opposite things. The fact that he didn't know what was going on with the offense makes that's, that's even more appealing to me because that's how locked in he is on the defense. I don't if, he, if he was the defensive coordinator, I could let him get away with that, but he wasn't. He was the coach. So to have such self, to have such a lack of self awareness as to where the hell your team is going, it makes me think that he couldn't keep up with the defense. You know, he can't keep that. up with a team. I get it. But if you can't even, if you literally have the audacity to say as a head coach that you don't care what's going on and wasn't watching the offensive play of your own team, I don't want that guy coaching our defense. I can promise you Patrick Graham plays plenty, he pays plenty of attention to what the offense is doing on the other side, even though he's coaching defense. I'm sorry. I just, I just can't get with that. I can't. Yeah. Totally disagree with that. You know, he showed no no 
signs of that when he's the defensive coordinator. Uh, his his defenses were impeccable pretty much in San Francisco and Chicago. And the other part of it is is that he's vanilla as a as a person. He's vanilla as a personality, no doubt about it. But his scheme is not vanilla at all. In fact, his scheme is kind of taking over the NFL. It's been it's it's time tested. It's pressure tested. It stood the test of time. It's proven to be very effective against the new age of quarterbacks. Client 25, I would have been ecstatic if we would have brought in Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator, and I am surprised. Now, I love Graham, too. I have nothing against Graham for all the reasons that I said in the first segment. I'm all on board with, with the Patrick Graham move. I think that's a home run in its own – home run higher in its, in its own right. But I would have been absolutely on board with Vic Fangio running this – I would have been over the moon if Vic Fangio was running this defense. And I am surprised that he wasn't even brought in for an interview in – um, maybe he's just wants to take some time off. You see that sometimes when guys have been a head coach, you know, a longtime coordinator, then a head coach and, and then get fired. Yeah. Cause his brain is frazzled. Cause he doesn't even know what to do with himself. Dude, this guy looked like a, he looked senile out there. Heart. I'm sorry, sorry dude. He looked, he looked like he was slipping into senility, bro. He didn't I look wish you guys, I wish you guys, I wish, dude, he had the highest paid defense in the league. They better be good. Well, they were, but they better be. Well, if they, you have the highest paid defense in the league, you better be damn good. Well, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm sorry. You can run whatever scheme you want. If you got the highest paid defense in the league, if you're not in the top five, then what the hell are you doing with yourselves? I'm just saying, I just could, I watched him look confused and befuddled so much as the Denver head coach. Now, we can say that about McDaniels, too, I guess. So maybe I'm completely wrong. But I'm just telling you right now, a guy that is so unaware of what is going on in the game time stuff and management of the game. I get it. You're laser focused on defense. Well, you realize what your defense is doing, right? You're stopping their offense. So you better be under, you better be understanding of what's going on on each side of the ball so you know what you need to do every time your defense takes the field. So I just I loved I just love the youthfulness. So maybe that's why I just didn't want us to bring in another old ass coach. Sorry, I went off for it, man. I mean, nobody can show me a bad Vic Fangio defense anywhere in the NFL. I didn't. <laughs> and it's just like you said, man. The it's not like the history of the NFL isn't absolutely littered with great coordinators on offense and defense that sucked as head coaches. I mean, we can go back to Buddy Ryan. For the, you know, this this has gone on what you mentioned. So this happens all the time. So as a, now, not would one of as a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator for this team, I, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. But Graham is is great too. Um, Nick at Nick's underscore tape ninety nine. Sorry, guys, if I got that wrong there. From Twitter, I uh, wants to know. I think we kind of addressed this, but um, I guess we can just sort of talk about this in theory. Guys, do we even have the parts to play more three, four looks? We do. We do. I, I, I'm not, I don't know. I guess I still feel like people are harping on this three, four, four, three thing, man. I think whatever Graham decides to bring in there, man, it's going to be either five or six in the backfield. So it's not going to matter. You have bookends. Max and Ngakwe can play the edge, whether it's in the 3-4 or the 4-3. They both have shown that they can hold up against the run. Both can rush the passer. Now, does that make – if we do go a 3-4 look, does that make the emphasis on, you know, on the one tech – at the nose, very important. Yes, it does. But I also think that we have some guys on the team right now, man. I don't. I sometimes think that maybe Phylon was being a little overlooked. Did anybody not see what he did in those last few games of this season? He was flat out dominant, dude. Dominant before he got hurt. So, you know, there's other guys like the kid out of Georgia. I'd love to take a flyer on him. If that's where it lies and that's where it ends. I'm cool with that too, you know. But but I think Max and Jan can hold up is what I'm trying to say. So I, I don't think it's going to matter as much as you might think. 
Yeah, we, we can. It's just like Raspy said, you know, teams only play ba- three, four, four, three are base defenses, and teams only play their base between 10 and 15% of the time anymore, guys. So it's a nickel league. So it, we can, for all the reasons that Raspy just said, it could work. And Graham is not a pure three, four guy. He just mixes in three, four looks here and there. Depending- Which I love. I love that. Yeah, that's that's you want the versatility there if you can do it. Well, in anyway, and we got guys like Diablo that can come in and fill those kind of voids. We have Morrow coming back. You know, we have guys that can kind of help fill those voids and in that three four look. If that's what you decide to run, then you're gonna have a couple few good linebackers out there that can cover. But predominantly, man, we're not gonna run that. We're gonna have five or six DBs on the field. We may run dime we run base. I'm telling you, our dime might be our base with him, dude. And I'm telling you right now, I got some names of some guys we could bring in to really stiffen up this five, six-man secondary pack. Save that. We might be able to do all right. Save that for our uh, agency preview. <laughs> I got you. Uh, yeah, we're going to be playing – Dime and, and uh, well, nickel probably the most, but it's a yeah. nickel league, and and it just got guys. It's like it's not just Raider Nation. I see this everywhere. Whenever a defensive coordinator is hired in the NFL, I look in the threads for that team. I don't care who it is, and I've even seen this with Denver. They're waiting to see who the coordinator that uh, Hackett brings in because they want to know is it going to be three, four, four, three? guys wake up. Like we're all watching the NFL. It's been a, it's been a nickel league for like the last 10 years now. Like yeah. And it's no, it's no disrespect at Nick's 90, you know, underscore 99. I'm not hating at all. I'm just saying like, you got to realize, man, just go out and watch film. You're going to see that the predominant looks are out of the nickel package, man. I mean, That's how these slot corners are so important, dude. You know, this, this is this is where the league has, you know, has transpired, too. So don't get wrapped up in the 3-4-4-3 look, dude. It's not 1992, and that's no disrespect. But I'm just saying, the heart just gave you, just gave you one. Saying, man, you're running that base pack like 10 to 20% of the game, if that. I don't think anybody runs at 20% anymore. I think the numbers no. are tapped out or no. Dude, look at the tight ends in these. Look at the tight ends and the running backs in this league that can catch the ball. You can't. You'll you'll get smoked. Well, this Sorry, is, man. This isn't like Levon Kirkland and Greg Lloyd and them boys out there with Kevin Green. I'm sorry, you can't run that anymore. Well, I mean, guys, and we all know if, as Raider fans, just think in your mind. This will this will this will sum it up how much of a nickel league it is, right? I know where you're gonna go right now. Go. For how often did you, how often do you remember Nate Hobbs not being on the field on defense this year? Exactly, dude. The guy was out there like ninety percent of the time. Yeah, look at his snap count. That's that's directly he's our slot corner. This is also why I keep telling people that you know whenever I bring up the Raiders in the past, do we have a good slot corner right now? Granted, you know, assuming that Graham uses him correctly, which I have no doubt that he will. We have a quality young slot defender, but it was just crazy how, like, in recent years, we would talk about wanting to upgrade that over some of the guys that we had. We've been trying, and people were kept saying, well, we have so many more needs. We need linebackers. We need this. I'm like, guys, your third corner, you, you know, people would say, we have our two corners. There's you, Three corners are starting. In this league, you have to have three starting corners. This is no longer a two starting corner league. There's three starters. So it, that's we we just all have to wrap our, our heads around that. Because if not, you got guys like Hunter Renfro, even further back, Julian Edelman, boys like that, that if you don't have a good slot corner, they are going to carve you up like a Thanksgiving bird. I mean, you can't have linebackers on in like no. Today can't cover not just Renfro or some. They could not cover any slot receiver in the NFL. No. no. Think of a remember when we tried to have a linebacker last season with Gunther before he got fired. We had a linebacker trying to run with Scotty Miller with the Bucks. Remember how pathetic. It's pathetic. Three fifty-yard catches in that game. Um, (laughs) it was terrible, man. And uh, at AntRaw87, also from Twitter, Twitter was lit this this time around, guys, wants to know, with how Graham likes to disguise, do we need to upgrade from Abram? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That better be right there. And I don't know if it that that's like Gillespie. I don't know what what that looks like, but absolutely, man. In coverage, he was a bleeding ulcer, man. Now, I've heard talks like, oh, and we could bring him down and play linebacker. He I he still doesn't have the coverage ability. I don't care if he's on the second level of the defense. His lack of coverage ability, now granted, it got better. But better from really lousy is all that that was. So maybe I piss some people off. Maybe Jonathan Abrams listening thinks I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But I'll tell you right now, Jonathan Abrams can't cover, man. So I don't care if he's covering tight ends or if he's covering wide receivers. He can't cover. So absolutely, <laughs> and he has that has to be addressed. Maybe he can be like Denzel Perriman is online where he's he's welcome. Like <laughs> Denzel Perriman's put it out there. If any fans that – because we all used to get on him early in the season for his coverage, which got dramatically better as the year went on. But you right. know, for any fans that don't think I can cover, you know, let's meet at the park so you guys can show me what I'm laughing at. <laughs> Dude, I love that. I love Denzel. Abram's the one. That's the thing. I would not – I would not – take a guy like Abram and move him down where a guy like Denzel, who was, let's not forget folks, in the Pro Bowl and one of our best players on defense. So I just think it's time to move on, man. I really do. I think we're, we we have some cap issues. We have things we have to take care of. He's one of those things that can easily be dealt with. I know that sucks. Sounds super super mean, super lousy, but this is the business, man. I'm sorry. You haven't done enough in the years that you have been here to justify us laying out a contract for you. I, we just can't do it. Sorry. It's not even about the contract. It's the fact that... But it, but it is, though. But it, but it is because that's what it comes down to, because it comes down to cap dollars. It's like, man, you, you're a Raider, and I appreciate you, man. And I know you work hard and stuff, but it's not getting it done, so... I mean, you can't go pay him. But here's my thing. It's not even about that because he's on a rookie contract. What it is about is I don't think Patrick Graham can run his scheme with only one covered safety. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't think so either. You need coverage. He can't cover. That was the first thing I said. But here's the thing, man. He has to have two covered safeties. Like, I don't even think an average coverage safety is going to cover. Is going to cut it there. He has to have two covered safeties to play this scheme because of the multiplicity of the defense, because of the different looks, because of how he likes to roll coverage late and, and disguise and do those things. Abram does not have the coverage instincts or awareness or ability to do any of that. And maybe it's – I think we might have the guy in-house in Gillespie. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think we might have the guy in-house. I don't know about that. We just didn't see enough of him, but – um, they need to be aggressively looking to upgrade with the pure coverage guy. I like Gillespie, and he's got potential for sure, but they've got to make sure that they get the right guy there because Merrick is the right guy. And they need another guy almost oh, with yeah. that no coverage to, to make that scheme work back there. And we haven't had two good, two good coverage safeties in my era of a Raider fan. I, you know, maybe yeah. back in the old, the, the, the ring winning days, we, we, you know, but in my time yeah, – but- to have not while we were not while we were adults, that's for damn sure. At the autumn win 76 has an interesting question that's been there for a while that I wanted to get to, and I decided to pull it now because if I waited any longer, it would have pr- pretty much expired, I think. But uh at the autumn win 76 wants to know simply does this team make the playoffs if Gruden was the coach all year? Whew, damn. That's tough, man. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I I I wanna say yes because I feel like our offense was better in the red zone when he was coaching. You know, it it statistically got worse after he left. Um but there was a lot of things that transpired right after he left too. Say that say that the whole thing with Gruden didn't transpire at all. And then the stuff with Ruggs happened right after. Does that unplug his offense? Does that change his offense completely? I don't know. Um, 
that's one of those men that I don't know. I can't say for sure. I would say if I have gun to my head, do they rally like they did at the end of the season for Gruden, like they did after all the turmoil and everything with Rich? No, we don't make the playoff. I would say no. It's an easy no for me. Um, Gruden's his record at the end of the year is collapse. And really, we're showing early this year the the signs of the Gruden collapse is already starting. Even the the Bears game that that's you know it was already starting. So his offense wasn't clicking the way that it was in uh, 2020. I think that the Rugs thing really it was if if Gruden would have remained the coach, the Rugs thing would have been the thing that would have ended the season. Because I think so too. That's why I think that's why I said ultimately no. Do we make that rally at the end as a team? Do we come together as a team at the end to make that last four runs, you know, banger? I don't think so. We don't. And Gruden is not flexible enough to adjust his offense. <laughs> We've seen the offense, what it looked like without the deep threat. This again, guys, this is why I said at the beginning of the year, and some of you guys were laughing at me on Twitter, and the laughter has is, is stopped as soon as the rugs thing happened. Yes, we should have brought Nelson Aguilar back. And all you guys that were laughing, Raider films, laughing, stopped laughing after that happened, didn't it? Because we would have had the insurance policy right there. And you guys act like there would have been something wrong if, if rugs didn't do the stupid, tragic thing that he did. You guys act like there would have been something wrong with Ruggs and Aguilar starting on the outside with Renfro and Waller in the inside. Like, that would have been a bad thing or something. <laughs> get out of here. Gosh, yeah, get out of here is right. And lastly, Renfro's burner account. <laughs> Love it. Guys, was Harbaugh ever really considered? I don't I don't see how he couldn't have been. And that's the thing, man. You never know what goes on behind the scenes, but there was so much there. You know? I mean, he was flat out himself put it out. So I think he was considered. I think there might have been something. I think if you ask me personally what I think, I think that Harbaugh wanted too much control. And Mark by the grace of God, said, I will not do that again. I cannot do that again. So maybe that was why it just never was even really spoke about or put out there on a national level. I think that Harbaugh wanted way too much. It was it was actually spoke upon that he wanted that type of control. And maybe – I think Mark knew better than to do that again. So – I think he was considered, but I think there was just too much that he wanted in return that Mark just wasn't willing to give. That's why I don't think they're considered. I, 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 saw, I read early on in the process, and it scared me. That was back when everybody was reporting that it was almost a done deal before the season even ended that he was going to be the next Raider coach. I was reading reports that he wanted the same Gruden power and, and paycheck that's and because you just never know with Mark and it came, it came out where he, and he did, you know, number one, there was no, I never read or heard of any official interviews that the Raiders ever did or, or official contact that the Raiders ever had with Harbaugh or his, his representation number that could come out at a a later date and, and shed new light on that. But as to this point, we have not heard or read anything about that. At least I have not. So, you would think that that would have come out, especially with how heavily connected the, the two sides were before within, through this process. And, you know, number two, it came out later that Harbaugh did actually interview with the Minnesota Vikings, and it, it, he did. He said that he did want a written contract. He told the Vikings the same thing. So I don't know if it was just kind of he, he leaked that to Mark Davis's team early on that, yeah, I'll listen to you guys if you bring me in for an interview, but just know up front you can just go ahead and sign over the, the rights to the Gruden contract right over to me or else there, there's no point even having these discussions. Well, and why in the world would we do that again? So thank God for Mark doing his due diligence, man, and not letting somebody bamboozle him like that again. Well, he, he basically said in his press conference that he didn't come out and say it, but in so many words, if you read the subtext, he did say that 
he kind of acknowledged that that was a mistake bringing in one guy, giving him that much money, that length of time with that kind of unchecked power. It just right. didn't work in the end. So, yeah, gotta love, gotta love that man. Gotta love where the direction is going. You know what I mean? It's like it seems like Mark seriously had like a sit down. Like I don't know if it was that tipping point type thought process or coming to Jesus, whatever it was. But, man, he knew that he was not going to represent Las Vegas this way. And he knew what needed to transpire in order for us to be able to try to move forward as, like, a functional organization. This is like a reset button, man. What? There's not many organizations that can just hit the reset button. We have the opportunity to do that now, and it looks like he's doing that, and it's going in the right direction. So for that alone, super Super excited, man. Cannot put enough on on Mark right now saying that he's making the right decisions by allowing people to make the decisions instead of putting it all on himself. That's too much to ask for any person, man. So, gotta love it, man. But Thank you guys for the questions. Is that it on the questions for the Ask for Ask Me segment? That's it. Man, I appreciate the questions. Man, I'm sorry, man. I, I feel like I came out of the gate hard at Klein 25 at Twitter, and I feel like a total dick. But I just, I don't know, man. That one struck a nerve with me, with the Angio thing. And you know what? It's good because it Hart brings up some valid points too, man. The guy has definitely marched out a really good defense. I guess maybe I'm a little too close to this whole Denver franchise. I need to shake that. So, so my bad if I came out sounding abrupt, rude at all, because I definitely appreciate all these questions, man. No, 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 man. Don't don't apologize because what's the model of our show? The real yeah. take. So you're not going to these guys. All, all, all y'all are my fans, man, and I love you to death. So. Like, you can tell me I'm wrong. You can tell me to shove it. Either way, I still love you. So just want you to know it's never any disrespect, man. I'm just trying to be as real as I can be. Yeah, these are the real, the realest Raiders takes here with the Silver like and Black Hack show. So, yeah, that's about it for this week, guys. you have anything else, Raspy? No, man, just uh... – just excited as to where things are going, man. I mean, this is this is crazy. We haven't had a structure like this ever. I mean, ever, really, ever. It's so, the best structure since Al Davis in his prime with Ron Wolf just yeah, entering yeah. prime. Yeah, I just and I even feel like I even feel like it's expanded and broadened a little bit by just some of the other options there too. I just think that we are set up to win. We are set up to succeed, set up to draft the proper players to play these systems and to be, you know, one of those franchises moving forward, man. I just want to be legitimized. That's it. I just want to be legitimate and be a franchise that's going to make a run every single year. And if something does happen, you regroup, you rebuild and you bounce back the next year. I want to be that franchise. So, Nation, love y'all so much, man. Love the interaction. You know, cannot tell you enough how much I love the interaction. This is so much fun for me, man. So appreciate you guys. Appreciate all the questions. Appreciate you, Hart. Without you, man, this show ain't happening because Hart's the brainchild here, man. He's he's our, our analytic genius. He's the one that's bringing this to you, man. I, I feel like I'm just, like, in the stands trying to do my best to keep up. So, Love you, heart. Appreciate you guys. Love you, nation. Y'all be good, man. We're going to be talking. There's more to come. So, like I said, keep those notifications on, and we're going to be hollering at you. Y'all be good. Yeah, and let's not let Raspy off with that, man. The best Raider co-host in sports, the Raider historian, um, bringing the passion. So this is a team effort here with the Silver and Black Hack Show. We're going to be with you all off-season, guys. You know, we're not – Time flies anymore, man. We're going to blink, and it's going to be the NFL Combine, and then, you know, coffee after that, and it's going to be free agency, and then the draft, and on and on we go. So we're going to be here with you guys every step of the way, bringing you fresh content um, and and everything that goes along with that. Uh, We will be debuting some new models, and we're going to eventually be on YouTube this offseason as well, guys. So lots to look forward to. Raspy just told you. Uh, gave you the, the the timely reminder there to keep your notifications on so you don't miss a thing out there, guys.
but in the meantime, guys, for my co-host, Raspy Raider, this is your host, Raider Hart, uh, leaving you guys for now. Um, until we meet again, though, this is an exciting time, guys. I really think that structure-wise, this is as, as excited as I've been as a Raider fan for pretty much the entire run. Never felt more confident about the direction that it's going. We'll see if it works out or not. But the effort, the intelligence, the vision is there, guys. So until we speak again, um, you know, hold each other down. It's kind of a crazy world we live in right now. But make sure to, to – we are one nation here, Raider Nation. Hold each other down. And, uh, you know, can't go wrong if you stick with the, the traditional Raider motto. We all know what that is. Just one, baby. <laughs>